What I want to talk about today is the navigator. The navigator. Have many ever heard of a navigator? I'm not talking about a vehicle. <laughs> Although one of those wouldn't be bad. Um, it's a pretty high class vehicle. A little bit out of my league, but uh, anyway. But the navigator. The navigate means to travel by water or to sail. It also means to steer a course through the middle. How many know that as long as you stay between the ditches, it's a good thing? <laughs> to get around or to move. It also means to steer or to manage like a boat in sailing. It also means to operate or control the course of something. The navigator by definition means if the person it means it, it, the navigator is a person on board a ship responsible for its navigation. I know that's really small print for you. Um, but it's, it's a person on board responsible for the ship's navigation. The navigator's primary responsibility is to be aware of other ships and on airplanes it's other aircraft. Position at all times. Responsibilities include the planning of a journey, advising the ship's captain of estimated timing or destinations while en route, and ensuring hazards are avoided. How many of you have ever used a road map? This is a road map. It's a big one. We just bought this before we went to San Antonio, and it is, uh, it's, it's a map. It's big. And... Um, some may think that a road map is outdated because it's something that's in print and it's not on the screen. But I assure you, road maps really are not outdated. That they're not ineffective anymore. They're still effective and they still work. And they don't need a battery. Um, if someone wants to see a whole state in great detail, you can do that. Unless you have Texas, then they take up like four pages. Uh, hundreds of miles of information that you can see. It's really hard to, hard to beat what you'll find on a roadmap. There's going to be a lot of detail in here. How to get around some of the larger cities. The whole country you can see right here. I remember when we went on... Our first cross-country trip in 1999, and we had an atlas, and Annette was planning because we were going to be gone for, what, 10 days, I think it was? Something like that. And so she was planning, looking from state to state to state, where we would stop and spend the night, how far we would travel, and gauging how long it would take for us to get there. And... And so we had a lot in mind before we started. Now, some people are directionally challenged. And they need a road map. You know, sometimes people just need to pay attention. And everybody who's ever driven on the highway says, Amen. They need to pay attention. There are some people that have been to some place over and over again, but they they may not even, and not driving, but they may not know how to get there if they've been a passenger. And they think, well, I just didn't pay attention. Well, no, they didn't. But you learn in the pre-age of technology that if you don't pay attention to where you're going and your surroundings, that um, 
you just really won't know how to get around pretty much. And I love technology. Sometimes it doesn't work well. Sometimes it works great. And then on our trip, she was our primary navigator. I relied on her. When I would see something coming up in the road and I would say, well, the sign says we're this, she would look on the map and she would say, yep, I see where we are. We need to go this way. We need to go that way. And I didn't really think too much about it. How many of you use GPS? A few. Yeah, some. GPS is great. I love GPS. Um, somebody said it can lead you astray, and yes, it can. Uh, depends on where you are and what kind of signal that you have. I've seen people that relied on GPS, didn't know where they were going, and the GPS failed them, and they got into circumstances they didn't really want. Um, we, we, went, we traveled to Iowa a number of years ago, and that had a co-worker that she worked with, and and um, they were planning an outside wedding in what month was it, Nit? September. September. They were planning an outdoor wedding in September at a park. And they had been in a drought for three months, and it rained on that day. <laughs> and so we had to use GPS to get from that park over to the place. And GPS took us some back roads that were really sketchy. I mean, it had that fine little gravel on it. And because it was wet, you could almost feel your tires sinking in as you were traveling down these roads between these farmhouses. As a matter of fact, there were ditches that were so big it would hold a car. And one car that was probably doing the same thing that we were doing following GPS and going this way was down in that ditch. She had gone too fast, I guess. So GPS can lead you in pathways that you don't expect. But when the signal is good... The information is really good. Sometimes you're going, uh, and I want to. I want to use my first. Uh, I'm getting a. Uh, 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 how many ever remember Aaron Wilburn? Aaron Wilburn was a comedian. He came to our church one time several years ago. Great, great man. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But Aaron Wilburn said that he didn't like GPS. He said, because I don't need more than one woman telling me what to do. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's a great and powerful tool. We took it to San Antonio in February and... And we had something happen on GPS that I have never seen before. It actually said when there was an accident up ahead. Now, maybe it's done that with you guys, but it's never done that with us. And it said there was an accident on this road so many miles ahead, and you got to be prepared. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I never even had that do that. But, um, you know, what would happen if GPS wasn't working in, in territory where you're unfamiliar you would hope that you would have a road map or some sense of where you were going or studied it. There are some people that just, oh, I don't need a map. I've got GPS. I don't know where I'm going. As long as I've got GPS, it's okay. Yeah. It probably most of the time will be. As long as your reception is really good. You never want to go into places where you won't get good reception. There's, a, there's probably 10 messages I could preach off of this this morning, but I'm going to hone in here in just a second. 
if it really got down to it and you didn't know where you were going and you didn't have a map, you'd probably do something straight out of the 1990s and you'd stop and ask for directions. Absolutely, stop and ask for directions. I've had to do that. And the amazing thing is, sometimes when you go to the counter, the person behind the counter says, I'm not really sure. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you live here. <clears throat> but they, like a lot of people, just depend on GPS and they go where they're going and they go and they don't venture out, you know, and I'm but it's it's but we would go back and we would do that. What would happen if you didn't stop and you didn't ask for direction? You just keep going and going and going and you might not even be going the right way. I've done that. I've gone 20 miles in the wrong direction knowing I was right and saw a sign. And that's shaking her head back there because she's the one that told me I know better than to argue with her. <laughs> back before GPS, I'm like, get on the highway, going back the wrong direction. She's like, I think you're going the wrong way. I'm like, no, I know I'm not. And then I see a sign that it's this way to the town that we didn't want to go to. I'm like, yes, we're going the wrong direction. So we get off. And, you know. And of course, when you find out that you're going the wrong direction, how long is it until you find an exit? It's like miles and miles and miles before you find an exit. It's not like here in town where you go, oh, just go up a mile and turn around. No, you got to go 20 miles. And then you turn around and come back. That could be an expensive proposition today. There is someone who can help you navigate through life's difficulties and make you aware of, 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 of where you should turn and what to avoid in your life. His name is Jesus. For those who trust in Him, He is the navigator. Amen. He is the navigator. When we become followers of Christ, we earnestly listen for His voice, or we should earnestly listen for His voice to speak to us. It's amazing when you're quiet what you can hear. You know, you probably, you can hear the traffic go by, but you really don't listen for it. But can I tell you that his voice speaks and he wants us to hear him. Jesus said this in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. How many ever played follow the leader? Absolutely. Follow the leader. And then the kid, some, some kid says, well, I want to be the leader now. I want to be the leader now. And they want to take turns being the leader. And you know, it's human nature to want to do that. When you see someone else leading and you want to, you want to, you want to play different parts of the game and that's okay. But can I tell you that when in the game of life, it's not really a game, it's, it's reality. But some people live like it's a game. There's only one life. We only have this one life and that's all we have. And as long as we want to play the leader, then 
I think Jesus is just waiting for us to say, well, I'll speak to you when you're ready to listen. How many know that it's hard to talk when somebody else is talking? There are some people that are really good at it. Um, there are some people that are so anxious to talk, they can't wait for you to stop talking so they can talk. Now, I'm not pointing any fingers, but I've had issues with this myself. You know, our minds go so quickly and we're ready to say something. And we're, and sometimes in a conversation, all it takes is for somebody to take a breath and they're going to continue to talk, but we start talking. And I've had to watch myself for that because I'm a talker. And I just interject stuff and interject stuff. And I've, I've had to personally, I've had to try and Sometimes I don't succeed in that. But I think the Lord gave us two ears and what, one mouth? Is that perhaps so we can listen more than we talk? Listening is not easy to do. You have to learn. I remember when I started my job, and we had very little in the way of technology then. It was basically, um, I would answer the phones on an 800 number. And I had a computer, but we didn't have computers that would keep up with real time. So the computer was just an accessory. Now it's integrated into everything that we do. But I was, I was sitting with someone who had been there a while in my interview with the company. And I had a headset in and I could hear her conversation. And this customer called in and he said, this is Bob or whatever his name was. This is my name. This is who I am. This is what I want. All of this. And she just went on and just said, well, hi, and this and that. And she just went on a conversation like they had been in this long time conversation and she knew every word he said. She didn't have to ask him. And I'm like, I didn't even hear everything that he said. How does she do that? And I know how she does that now. is because she was listening for it and listening intently. So she heard everything that he said. And she either wrote it down or she was able to remember it. And was able to move on with there. But listening takes training. It takes practice. How do we discern the voice of Jesus in a world where there are so many voices? How many know there are a lot of voices around there? How many know that, that the voice that you hear is the one that's going to speak the clearest and the loudest? If you want to hear a particular voice, you've got to pay attention to that voice. So if you like to watch a particular channel on TV or if you like to listen to a particular podcast or if you like to listen to a certain type of music, then you're geared to listening to whatever you have tuned in to. Hello? Yes. I'm going to be like Pastor Bill and say, I'm going to put, a, put, an, put an amen tape in there so I can, we can punch it back in the sound booth and everybody say amen. amen. I'll preach quicker if y'all preach with me. Amen. Oh, yeah. He's got some noisemakers back there. That's all right. So when you're driving down the road using GPS, you're listening to the radio, but then GPS says to do something, and, and you couldn't clearly quite understand, and we had this happen because, the, you know, the radio was going on, GPS says, you know, something, something up ahead, whatever, and I'm like, what'd she say? And so to clearly understand what she said, you turn down the music and you try to get her to repeat what it was that she said. 
Now, sometimes she's been late and said, you know, turn right here. And you're like, well, there it went. That would have been nice to know. No, but she she tells you this 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 lady on this last journey, she was pretty good because she would say, turn so many feet, so many up ahead, and then turn, and then turn. She kept saying, and turn, and left lane, turn. And it was like, it was pretty good. But I had to be listening or I would miss it. So what do you do? You, 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 maybe even the conversation in the car. What do you do? You turn off everything and you listen to what the G, find out what the GPS says. I believe that Jesus wants us to hear him loud and clear. And those who are listening for his voice are the ones that are going to hear him. John 15, 1 says, I, Jesus said this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And Jesus said this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do lots of stuff. No, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus clearly lets us know that our desire should be stay close to Him because without Him, we can do nothing. He is the navigator of our life and without Him, we can't do anything. How many of you have ever left your phone at home? How many of you have entertained the idea of not going back to get it because it will be okay without it? I've done that. There are some people that would feel so uncomfortable without technology because they literally cannot go more than 10 minutes without touching their phone. And, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory manner. I'm just stating a fact. It's true. There are some people that cannot go more than 10 minutes. I, I see it everywhere. They can't go more than 10 minutes without touching their phone. And to be without it all day would just be crippling. There's some people that have gotten all the way to work and say, oh, I can't make it today without my phone. Um, let me introduce you to the 1990s. <laughs> and the early 2000s. The story I heard, we heard as parents, well, everybody's got a cell phone, Dad. No, everybody doesn't have a cell phone, Dad, because you don't have one. True. But no, just, just kidding aside, I... But what I'm saying is that the importance of that connection to technology could be a critical one for some people. They may require and need that technology, and I, I praise God for the technology. But if you draw a parallel to spiritual things, and we walk out of the house without any attention paid to our relationship with the Lord, if we spend our day without listening to the voice of the Lord or trying to hear what He's saying to us without spending any time in the Word, if we try to make it and then we just try to shove it all in on a Sunday, are we really allowing Him to be the navigator of our life? There's an old song called I Won't Walk Without Jesus and the chorus of that says, that song says, I won't walk without Jesus. I won't talk without Jesus. I refuse to live one day as before. 
No, I won't go without Jesus. It just ain't so without Jesus. Everything that I would do, I just won't do without the Lord. Even as children of God, as followers of Christ, self-proclaimed, uh, professing our faith in Jesus Christ, we have to be careful that we listen to the voice and listen for the voice of the Lord. Just like we would not imagine going on a trip without a road map or a GPS. Oh, we'll just get in the car and go. We'll figure it out as we go along. No, we don't have to do that. We don't have to figure life out just by meandering through one day and the next. I believe that we should not imagine going through our day without Jesus the Navigator. John 14, verse 15, Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with, and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus, the navigator, speaks to us through the Holy Spirit that he promised would be with us to help us after he ascended up to heaven. In John 16, verse 13, he talks more about the Holy Spirit. And he said, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Doesn't that sound like? GPS? I mean, in a spiritual sense, the Holy Spirit reveals to you things that are mysteries, things that you don't know. Verse 14, he says, He will glorify me. So the Holy Spirit points all glory to Jesus because it is from me he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father are mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So you've got everything that the Father has through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, revealed to us. And you know that what the Holy Spirit gives us is right from Jesus himself. That's what the scripture said. So the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the guide that we have inside of us that, that leads us into all truth. I can't imagine anyone... <coughs> Anyone living today that says, oh, I want to go down the darkest, most lonely path of deceit and despair I can ever find. But yet that's what some people do when they don't rely upon the Lord. They end up in a place where they never imagined that they would be. We want to go down the pathway of truth as followers of Jesus Christ, knowing that we hear his voice. That we must hear his voice. How do we hear the voice of the Lord? How do we hear the voice of Jesus? Some will wait until their lives are in a mess or until there's some crisis that comes along. And then they will earnestly try to hear from God. They'll go to their prayer closet and cry out. They'll, they'll devote hours and hours upon seeking God, calling people to help them pray. 
But when times were good, where were they in their prayer closets? They were nowhere to be found. They were just meandering through life, uh, maybe going to a place where they, they didn't really know where they were headed. And, and I know that there are circumstances that happen to all of us because we live in this world. There are circumstances that we just go through. We don't ask for. But just look around just look around you, church. If there's ever been a, a time that we needed to hear from God, it's now. We need to hear from God. I think too many times we get in a hurry and we just don't wait. Because people, we know that the most, and the most uh, wonderful thing that we can think of is wait. Waiting. Oh, I want to pick out the longest line at the grocery store. <laughs> I want to get in the longest lane. I want to get there. We're all about quick hurry. And if we're not careful in our spiritual walk, we can try to do the same thing. We try to do it in. During this season of COVID even, you know, there's signs and we, we have them up here. How to properly wash your hands. We should all know that by now. We should have known it before. But there are some people that I have observed in public restrooms that are, are when they're washing their hands, they think faster is better. They get a lot of soap and fast and it's done. But can I tell you, it's not the quickness that gets it done. It's the thoroughness. I think we live in a microwave mentality, but we need to enter into the spiritual crock pot realm because there's something that's great. You can cook something in a microwave. You can bake a potato in the microwave, but it doesn't taste nearly as good as one that's baked in the oven. That's my opinion. Now, you might like microwave baked potatoes and more power to you, but I just think there's a flavor in there. And uh, when, you, when you get that out and you slice it open and you just... Put that butter on there. See, I've done it again. And just so, just so wonderful. Now somebody's going to probably go by Wendy's and get a baked potato. Um, but the thing is, is, is we've got to do whatever we need to do in order to hear the voice of God. Don't wait another minute. There was one time when somebody referred to prayer, praying a push prayer. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. Pray until you know that you've heard from the Lord. When will you hear from the Lord? I can't answer that for you. It's all individualized. I know that I have prayed with people who don't pray regularly. And I know when I prayed with people who pray regularly. There's just something that happens. Sometimes when you're praying with somebody and the power of God just comes down and you sense, you sense the presence of the Lord and you're thinking, wow, it's powerful. And the, in that presence, the presence of praise, the presence of prayer, the presence of de dedication and devotion in your life to the Lord, He comes down and He speaks to you. Well, how, you know, if I'm only... If I want to hear the voice of God, do I just ask the Lord, Lord, I need to hear your voice and just, just wait and don't do anything? 
You can do a lot of things to encourage the presence of the Lord in your life. You can praise the Lord. You can worship the Lord. And as you praise, you enter his courts with thanksgiving and his, you enter his gates with praise. And he comes down and he inhabits the praises of his people. He comes right down in that presence of praise. If you're not hearing from God on a regular basis, get into the word of God. This is our roadmap, if you will. Get into the word of God. Get into your prayer closet and listen for his voice. And here's a big one. Turn off stuff so you can hear from God. Turn off stuff so you can hear from God. Quiet, I know, is uncomfortable for a lot of people. Some people can't stand quiet. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to have some quiet. Um, I think the word bored gets overused. Some people, some people say, I'm bored. And what they really mean is, I feel like I'm not doing anything right now and I need to be doing something. That's really what the analysis is. I can truthfully stand here before you today and say, I never get bored. I don't get bored. I just don't. I've got too many things that keep me busy. I've got too many. I, I, I know that there could be a place where maybe I could cause boredom to happen. But I guess you'd have to just sit around not doing anything. And I just can't do that. Um, I, the closest thing I can get to being bored is when I had the flu in January of 20 and stayed home from work and binge watched um, modern marbles and architectural disasters and stuff like that for about four or five hours. And I'm like, I just can't watch anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that interests me. I like watching that kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, and I like construction that's that's related to what I'm doing. I like history and those kinds of things. But even after a while, even though it was something that I liked, I couldn't do it anymore. That was maybe the closest I could think of to recent boredom, but um, I just needed to do something else. But in the stillness and the quietness, how many know that you can hear something? If you are, if you go outside and you don't have any immediate sounds around you. When's the last time you actually heard the birds sing? Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much you can actually hear when you're not choosing to put other things into your sensory perceptions. Don't wait until a crisis comes and then you want Jesus to navigate you into a better situation. Let him be your navigator during the good times. And then when the crisis comes, then you'll face it with Jesus, the navigator, who knew all along that this was going to happen. But you will have peace in the midst of the storm because you know that you're in the place with him that you need to be. And he keeps you and he guides you and he's not going to let you go in a direction that's wrong. He's not going to let you go in a direction. So the navigator of your life, Jesus Christ, steps in and he says, 
Yes, you're facing something that you may have to go through, but realize that you're on the course that's straight and steady. You're on the course that's going to take you where I want you to go. And you won't have to question or, or, or just bail out in crisis and say, oh, I don't know what to do because you've known what to do every step of the way and because you've known what to do because you've been listening to His voice, you've been reading the Word of God and you know how to walk, you know how to live and then when something comes that's overwhelming, you're not overwhelmed to the point of despair because you know that the Navigator has your back and your best interest at heart. In Matthew 8, 23, and I'm going to close with this verse. Jesus said this in Matthew 8, 23. It says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the, on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. I saw a t-shirt one time that says, be more like Jesus. Jesus took naps. <laughs> the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. You, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. These men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? He's Jesus the Navigator. And some people may think, well, he just got in the boat with them and he was going because, you know, there were some fishermen among them. But if you read this closely and you look at verse 23, it says, Then he, Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Jesus got into the boat with the expectancy of going across the lake. And the disciples followed him. They were doing what they knew to do. They were following Jesus. And the navigator was asleep. I would venture to say that, you know, if Jesus is okay with it, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Don't you just know after this happened, they knew that as long as Jesus was on board, they wouldn't have to worry. It was a test for them. And they realized that as long as Jesus is with me, Hey, from here on out, it's going to be all right. As long as Jesus is with you, it's going to be okay. As long as Jesus is on board, you don't have to worry. Let him be the navigator of your life. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the reminder of who you are and that we should listen for your voice and listen to you. God, I ask that in this moment of time that you would help us to draw closer to you than we've ever been, to listen more intently to your voice than ever before. I praise you for it. Lord, and if things aren't right in our hearts right now, we ask, Lord, for forgiveness. And we ask, Lord, for your peace. We ask for your touch in the name of Jesus. Lord, we surrender to you right now in the name of Jesus. 
We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. And it comes through knowing that you are the navigator of our life. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just surrender to you right now as your Holy Spirit moves in our hearts and lives right now. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me. Be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I proved you all and all. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, grace to trust him more. 